Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 20th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold held above $1,300 earlier this week, but dipped below that key level midweek as the dollar rebounded. Continued talk of interest rate increases and speculation that Donald Trump may choose a hawkish Fed chair to replace Janet Yellen when her term expires early next year continues to create headwinds for gold and silver. Trump met with Yellen yesterday to discuss the possibility of her staying on as head of the central bank. During the presidential campaign, Trump was highly critical of the current Fed chair, saying she is obviously political and accusing her of, quote, doing what Obama wants her to do. But as he has on so many things, Trump seems to have shifted positions and softened on Yellen somewhat. Could he keep her in place? The thing is, you never know about Trump. He seems to relish in floating trial balloons and throwing things out there just to see how people react. A number of names have been floated for the Fed chair in recent weeks. The mix includes both dovish and hawkish contenders. Some of the names bandied about include Fed Governor Jerome Powell, Fed Governor Kevin Warsh, Stanford economist John Taylor, National Economic Council Director Gary Cohn, and Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis President Neil Kashkari. The mainstream folks on Wall Street seem to think Fed Governor Kevin Warsh will get the nod. He is considered a hawkish candidate who would likely push forward with interest rate normalization. Warsh has been critical of the Federal Reserve for continuing to pursue extraordinary quantitative easing after rescuing, his word, not mine, the economy in the wake of the 2008 crash. But he would likely pursue a policy loosening bank regulations, something that would likely appeal to Trump. Jim Grant has a completely different contrarian take. I like Jim a lot. He tends to offer very solid analysis, and he has a way of turning a phrase. During a recent CNBC interview, Grant said he thinks Trump will ultimately go the opposite direction and pick a Fed chair, quote, in his own image, who will create a lot of, quote, cheap credit. Donald Trump is on record with the Wall Street Journal this past summer as saying he's a low interest rate guy. Of course he is. He's a real estate developer, and what he wants is for the factory chimneys to smoke. He wants a great, big, booming economy. And I think that what he therefore wants is a very, very easy Fed. On the campaign trail, Trump was critical of the Fed's easy money policies. He called the stock market a big, fat, ugly bubble. But since the election, Trump has adopted the surging stock market as his own, embracing the bubble and pointing to it as proof of his success. As Peter Schiff put it in an interview with Joe Rogan earlier this summer, we still have the same crappy economy. The difference is Trump's not a candidate anymore. Grant noted that Trump even flirted with the gold standard during his campaign, but he doesn't think that's really part of Trump's core values. Grant said what he wants is the Trump standard, which would feature great amounts of credit creation, very cheap credit, and very low interest rates. Like I said, nobody knows who Trump will ultimately pick. I'm not even certain Trump knows. One thing we can be certain of, though, no matter who heads up the Fed, it will continue to intervene in the economy, it will continue to micromanage the financial system, and it will continue to print money out of thin air to the advantage of the political class. I'll bet dollars to donuts even a so-called hawkish Fed chair will be quick to cut rates and do more quantitative easing at the first sign of any economic trouble. 
There's also been a lot of talk about inflation lately. Last week, gold surged above 1300 based on news that inflation data came in cooler than expected. Then this week, we got news that could indicate inflation is heating up. Import prices were expected to rise 0.5, but they actually came in up 0.7. Export prices also came in stronger than expected, rising 0.8, compared to an expected increase of 0.4. Year over year, import prices are up 2.7%. This is well above the 2% level the Federal Reserve is looking for. Of course, the Fed tends to focus more on the consumer price index, but obviously import-export prices have a major impact on overall consumer prices. In fact, Peter Schiff says he thinks the import-export price number represents a better gauge of inflation than CPI because the methodology is more objective. The immediate market reaction to the import-export numbers was to buy the dollar and sell gold, but Peter raises an important question. Why? I mean, why is higher inflation bad for gold? After all, the main reason to buy gold is as an inflation hedge. If you think there's going to be more inflation, then you buy gold. But perversely, the way the markets work now, you sell gold if you think there's going to be more inflation. In fact, you buy the currency of the country that is experiencing more inflation, which is kind of counterintuitive because inflation, by definition, is the currency losing value. So if the currency is losing its purchasing power, why would you want to buy more of it? Peter digs deeper into this subject in his recent podcast, but here's the bottom line. So the markets have got it completely wrong when it comes to how to react to inflation. Inflation is good for gold and it's bad for the dollar. And so when you see these kind of sell-offs like we got today, these are buying opportunities. This is an opportunity to buy from people who don't know what they're doing because they're just focusing on this short-term relationship that is wrong. In other precious metals news, Australian gold output will peak in just four years and then begin a steep decline, according to a report issued by a Melbourne-based industry advisor. According to Minex Consulting Analysis, Australian mine output will max out in 2021 and then fall by half into the mid-2050s as aging mines shut down. Australia ranks as the number two gold producer in the world, so a steep decline in Australia's gold production will have a significant impact on world supply. This lends more credence to speculation that the world may be approaching peak gold. This means the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year rather than increase, as it has done pretty consistently since the 1970s. The price of palladium hit a 16-year high this week, pushing above $1,000 per ounce. The prices spiked nearly 50% this year. Like silver, palladium has both industrial and investment value. It is used in cars, electronics, dentistry, and jewelry. Palladium is primarily used in the auto industry. It's an important component in catalytic converters on gasoline-powered vehicles. According to analysts at City Index, palladium supply is at its lowest level in 14 years, and demand has been outpacing supply since 2011. There's a strong potential for an ongoing supply deficit in the coming months, which could trigger a further price rise. 
The palladium market is much more volatile than gold and silver, but it could serve as an excellent diversifier for your precious metals portfolio. Between 1988 and 2002, the Canadian Mint produced a palladium maple leaf coin. You can purchase these coins at Shift Gold. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. And speak with one of our precious metal specialists about investing in these palladium coins. There are several other articles you'll want to check out on the Shift Gold blog this week. We have some analysis indicating silver is set to soar. There's a great interview with Ron Paul on CNBC Futures Now. They get into the topic of the Federal Reserve. Ron has a great way of boiling down issues with the Fed into simplest terms. We also did a post this week featuring analysis by Goldman Sachs comparing Bitcoin to gold. Crypto fans aren't going to like what they have to say. And I understand there's an impulse to write off Goldman Sachs as a stooge for the political class. But if you just take their analysis at face value, I think the Goldman note offers some food for thought that gold investors should at least think about, even if you don't buy into everything the Wall Street bankers have to say. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page where you can sign up. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.